Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood podcast, where we are a stand for the EAN. We're here to help you make a meaningful difference in a magnificent living. Your bodacious host is Jeanette Anderson. She's your irreverent guide to being bold, brilliant, and brave. So grab your wine, a way to take notes, and strap in. Because this is a no BS, value-packed tour through topics that you need to know about now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood podcast. Used to be the Bodacity Show, but we're switching and going to the big times now. I'm your hostess, Jeanette Anderson, and today I'm here with the fabulous Nina McCary. McCary, I should have checked that before. Which one is it? No worries. It's Macaria. Macaria. Oh, that sounds so nice when you say it. Uh, okay, so who's with us all the way from Romania, which is part of why this is a pre-recorded episode, um, because, you know, we don't want to do the episode in the middle of the night. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it, Nina. Welcome. Hello, Jeanette. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, lovely. I And you have such a great accent, too. So let me tell you a little bit about Anina, and then we'll get the juicy behind-the-scene tidbits and launch into the topic of uh, how to secure podcast episodes, or how to secure podcast appearances, how to be on those episodes. So Nina's mission is to help female online entrepreneurs, coaches, course creators, consultants, and podcasters get an amazing first impression as they start spreading their messages in other people's platforms. Nina lives in Romania with her husband, two kids, and three cats. That sounds like a very busy household. (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, So tell us something about you that we wouldn't guess from listening to your bio or, or seeing, reading your website. Absolutely. So one of the things that I love, but I really don't talk about it a lot, is that I love dancing salsa. Ah. And also I love solving Sudoku puzzles. Ah. When Also when I was a teenager, what I loved was to knit with my mom. So I was knitting sweaters. I have not done this in a long time, but um, I think I could go back to knitting. Oh, okay. Um, it, when you were saying it, it sounds like kneading, like kneading bread or something like that. I was like, oh, that's a very interesting hobby. Um, <laughs> but I I would not have guessed salsa dancing. Is that very popular in Romania? Or is that um, not really? But I was introduced to it when I did my master's degree in Spain uh, a few wow. years ago back. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. Oh, where in Spain? That sounds like a lovely place. It was in Madrid. Oh. Wonderful. And what was your master's degree in? It was in public administration because I used to work for the government in my country. Uh And then you decided to become um, an entrepreneur. And why? what made you make that switch? To be honest, I was not that person who always knew that she wants to be an entrepreneur. Like for me, it was to have a secure job. Mm-hmm. because I wanted to have money to travel and to enjoy experiences. But then when I had my kids, I was a stay-at-home mom for more than five years. It was my choice, and I feel so blessed that I had this choice and my husband was able to support us. Mm-hmm. But then the problem was that I found myself lost because I focused on 
my kids and I forgot to take time for myself. So I did not know who I was, what I like, what I want to do. And it took me some time to figure that out. I started working with a coach, actually. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I really loved the freedom and flexibility. Actually, I had um, two jobs before starting the business, but I feel so trapped. I did not feel that it's something that I want to do. I was not fulfilled. I, I felt drained. So I decided to start doing something on my own. I love that. And I and I, I think you're not alone in the who am I now? If I'm not a mom full time, what do I yeah. want? And I've been so used to putting everybody else ahead of me on the on the list. What what do I even want? And we were talking a little before the show, and I, I think your story is interesting and very similar to a lot of people. You tried out a few things in terms of home businesses, building websites, doing funnels, creating all sorts of different things online until you found a training that led you to podcasting and podcast booking. Um, that was How long was that kind of exploration phase for you? It was about a year. It took me about a year to figure out what I could do. I mean, my desire was just to help other moms out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you want to do everything for anyone, it's not really working. Mm -hmm. And then I think that I fall in love with podcast pitching because I loved audio. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was a kid, Romania was a communist country and my grandfather used to listen to this radio broadcasted from the U S it was called Europe free. And they were talking about people who defected the country. And now they were living in Canada or the U S and for me, mm -hmm. it, it allowed me to use my imagination and to, think how those people could live in other places like back then we weren't allowed to travel abroad at all mm. so for me just imagining uh, to meet other people other cultures it was so amazing and I think it has to do with this because even now when I'm I'm listening to podcasts not only that I'm learning but also I I'm opening a new world like this is how I see it because it's so inspirational I listen to things that really motivate me and really help me to move forward mm, what a great story and and can really hear the passion and kind of the longing um, for that freedom and for being in other worlds and how podcasts and radio and, and very me various medias can transport us, can open us up to other possibilities. Um, the, the beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. So tell people what you do now, and then we'll, we'll talk a bit about why, why that matters to you so much. So what, tell people what you do. So what I do now is I offer done for you services. And this means that I help my clients get booked on podcast interviews. So what I do is I do all the research. I want to make sure that I find the relevant podcast for them. Mm -hmm. 
And then I send the pitch emails, I send the follow-ups, I make sure that my clients have the details for the interview, I send the thank you emails, and I take care of all the details so that they can show up on those interviews and be amazing guests. Oh, love it. Okay. Well, tell. let's talk about your why. Why do you do what you do? Um, how did you come to that? I do what I do because I love to support other moms grow their businesses and share their messages, their stories, their expertise, because I also started working behind the scenes. Initially, when I started, all I wanted to do was to work behind the scenes because I was terrified of speaking. I was terrified of doing videos for the social media. And now that I work with clients and I saw them, I saw the results they got. I saw how they were able to grow their businesses. Also, I invested in courses and programs for my business. I realized that um, I can do it as well, even though I am afraid. Mm. Even if I'm not a native English speaker, still I have an expertise. I have my background, my stories, and I can support and motivate other people who are just like me, who are afraid of being visible, but still deep down, deep inside, they have a powerful message that they want to share with the world. So this is why I am passionate because I want to help them succeed. I want to help them share their stories. Oh, I love that. The kind of the sweetness of the motivation and often our motivation comes from wanting the kind of service that we wish we had. Yes. Um, and, and really, truly, I, I hear in that um, podcasting is really good for introverts because it's a more intimate medium. You're not in front of a group of people, even though you are, but it doesn't feel like it. And really good for people, like you said, who are perhaps a little shy um, you know, used to being in the background and still want to be seen and heard, still want to get their message out there. So that's really cool. Um, yes, absolutely. And just to take our interview as an example, we've met before, we had an introductory call, and now it feels that I'm just having a conversation with a friend. So yeah. it's not that scary anymore. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about how you approach podcasting and being a really good podcast guest. So what are some of the components of being a great guest? Absolutely. Work. So um, while I did this work, and as I mentioned, investing in my business and learning from other people who are steps ahead of me I was able to come up with a simple process that I call pitch so it has five steps the P stands for prep your message the I is identify relevant podcasts for you T is uh, tailor each pitch C is craft create a system that works for you and then H is handle the interview because I, other than doing podcast pitching, I also took a 
course on uh, managing podcasts. So initially when I was so eager to help my clients with all the things they were doing, I also helped them manage their own podcast and I was able to see the pitches they were getting. And it was a very beneficial experience for me because I learned from what other people are doing and some of the things they were doing good, but I've seen some pitches that are basically promo pitches. And I learned that those pitches do not land. Mm. So, yeah. What are some of the big mistakes that people make when they're pitching? Well, I've seen all kinds of mistakes. Um, For example, I've seen those people who really don't have their message nailed down. For example, when they pitch, they will tell you, oh, I would like to talk about entrepreneurship or motherhood or marketing. And these are broad topics that, you know, I mean, you as a podcast host, you are not going to do the work for them and you are not going to ask them, so what about entrepreneurship do you want to talk about on my podcast, right? What is going to be relevant from your experience, from your work to my listeners? Mm-hmm. So I think this is very important for you to um address those topics that you really are an expert in. So this would be the first thing that you need to decide. What do you want to be known for? And then from there, you are going to start to craft those topics. Right, right. And and you, it doesn't mean you have to have just one. You have to be very no. clear and specific about each one that gets positioned or pitched. I have three different ones and they are positioned for different kinds of podcasts. My why whisper work is about identifying your why that goes to people that are um, more in the mindset realm, the outer, you know, the inner game of business, et cetera. So we really hone the message specifically for that type of podcast. Um, So tell me what else you mean by prepping your message. So be specific. What else does that mean? Um, Then it means to have your bio ready to go, to have your one sheet, because I've seen people who have those forms on their websites and they will ask you to send them uh, a one sheet and also have some uh, like three, four uh, photos headshots that you can send because um and I would say those headshots should be like in neutral colors because the podcast host will create graphics and then with their branding so it's going to be a mess if you have a lot of colors on your photos so yeah yeah. And yeah, these are the things that I think you should have in place before starting to reach out to podcast hosts. Okay. So that's prepping your message. And then I is identify the relevant podcast for you. So how do you suggest that people find the kind of podcast that work for them or that they should be on? So first of all, they need to have in mind their ideal clients and then the offers they have. Uh, Also, it's important to know exactly where you are in your 
speaking journey because if you are just getting started I think it's easier for you to start approaching your network so that you can get more comfortable you see a little bit how you are going to do to perform during that interview and then once you are pretty comfortable and you can just have interviews with people that you don't know I would suggest for you to join the Facebook groups where your ideal client hangs out and asking there what are some of their favorite podcasts. Then you can use every podcasting platform app as a research tool. And I think this is going to give you a great start to find those relevant podcasts for you. What is important is also to keep in mind your topics but also the um, topic that the podcast host has in mind. Because let me give you an example. Um, for example, if a client of mine do not teach um, diets, but she's all about body positivity and things like that, she's not going to go on a podcast that, for example, is about keto diet. So there has to be an alignment between your topics and the general topic of the podcast that you are going to pitch. Right. And because this just happened to me yesterday, I'm going to add, really look at what the requirements of the podcast are, because I have someone who, who books me on podcasts and he was booking me. And as we were looking through, we were filling out the form and I said, can you go back to the requirements? And clearly in the requirements, it says must not be a business coach. So they don't want business coaches. And I said, why are we filling this form out? I'm a business coach. We shouldn't even be bothering. Um, I said, go back to, you know, send her an email, let her know that I'm a business coach and that I speak on this other, you know, mindset topic. See if she would still like us to apply, but do not cross people's boundaries and rules and try and slip in. Uh, if they yeah. say they don't want something, they don't want that. So um, be very mindful of what their criteria is. Yes, um, that just happened. So that was top of mind. Um, so where do you go to find podcasts? So if people want to find relevant podcasts, where are some of the best resources where you go and find podcasts for your clients? So there are specific groups on Facebook where uh, you can look for those podcasts. And then I use keywords and I look into Spotify and Google Podcasts and uh, Apple Podcasts. Because once you find a podcast that is a good fit for your client, then you can see other um, similar podcasts on, for example, on Apple Podcasts. So, so what are some of the groups on Facebook that you find very helpful in terms of podcasts? Uh, is the one that is called Podcast Collaboration. Yeah. And it has a long title, but if you start putting those words, you will find it. And then also the other one is Need a Guest. Need a Guest. Yeah. Find a Guest. Yeah. Need a Guest. Um, yeah. Both of those I have found very productive and helpful. Um, there's also quite a few podcast directories that people can be on. Are there any that you recommend or have used or have searched on? I have not really used, but I am aware that I think it's called Podmatch or something like that. Yes. But I don't really yeah, use those. Okay. Yeah. Podmatch is a, a fairly big one. Um, um, 
the JB directory is another one that has quite a few listings in um, and um, Podmatch FM and um, Find a Guest also has a directory as well that's a kind of an external directory. There's a bunch of them. Some are paid, yeah. some are free, um, and you have to actually pay attention and be active in them. Just like everything else, you have to actually participate. But that was a great tip. Yes. I actually wrote it down for my team uh, for Carlos to go into Facebook groups that I'm part of and ask yes. what is the podcast that you listen to. That's a brilliant way to really then go, okay, and how can I be on those podcasts? Now, um, what do you say to clients when they want to be on all the biggest podcasts that have all the listenership and they haven't been on very many podcasts, for instance? What do you advise? Yes, what, why, uh, what I advise them is to start small and building that confidence because if you are just getting started with getting interviewed, you don't really have like the flow that it requires to be on one of those big podcasts. Mm -hmm. And also I think it's important to uh, be very intentional with your call to action because if you stumble on your words you know when people are asking you at the end of the interview so where can people find you and then if once you start um, sharing your Facebook group or other times your Instagram or your podcast or your LinkedIn then it's not very I mean it's not going to help you achieve the goal that you really want and I think it's important also to have in mind what is your goal like if your goal is to um, just being featured on that big podcast then you can build your way up to there and actually I had one client who really specifically wanted to be featured on a huge podcast for moms and in the end we did it but we started with the smaller ones and we build her way up to there. Right. So it's possible. But also another strategy, if you want to get featured on those podcasts, is to join the program or the course that those people have. And then if you do the work, if you are going to do an amazing job, they are going to see you and they are going to invite you as a spotlight student because mm -hmm. then obviously you are going to promote their work. Exactly. So, yeah. I well, think that kind of speaks to the fact that we also really need to be mindful of what's in it for the podcast host because they need to build their audience. So if you don't have very many people you can promote to, then you don't really have yeah. much to offer in terms of promotional help. And there's lots of experts who talk about whatever you talk about um, because there's lots of experts in the world available. So there's got to be something that you can do for the podcast host as well. And when we're just starting out, there's not a lot that we have to offer other than, you know, here's, here's my expertise and my take on it. But again, there's probably 40 other people talking to them about the same topic. So, so really coming from that perspective of how can I help this podcast host? How can I make their life easier? How can I help them win as well is really important. Um, and that's part of uh, T, you said tailor each pitch. So what does that mean to you? So this means that you should spend a little bit of time and craft this personalized pitch because 
podcast host will know if you just send a copy-paste email. And what I like to do is to find some kind of connection with uh, that podcast host. And this is how I like to start my pitch. Um, also, it's important to put their name in that email because just putting hi or hi there, it's already a clue that this yeah. pitch is not customized yeah or maybe even throw out a compliment if they really did something special something outstanding I don't know maybe they released a book or they are celebrating who knows how many podcast episodes so I think it's important to to see them and to notice them because this is what we all want yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and then also, what I like to do is to listen at least to one of the episodes to make sure that I understand how they talk um, and how they can support their listeners. So then this is where I actually make the connection with my clients because um I mean, podcast hosts are smart. If you just put some topics out there, like they can connect the dots but I think they want to hear from you as a guest why that topic is going to be important for the listeners or how can that topic help them move a few steps forward or whatever the topic can help them with mm -hmm. and it's important to put your perspective your point of view in that pitch mm -hmm. and I think it's very important because, yes, yeah. because I can tell when we get generic requests, and and um, uh, so I one of the notes I just made for for us, of course, is um, really about the making sure that we're connecting with the host something specific about. Yes. And one of the things that that I recommend my person does is goes and looks through all the recent uh, podcasts to see the type of shows, but when they have when they have had a topic related to what I speak about, if they've had something recent, then we say to them in the email, you've recently had a topic similar. So we have this other topic, or we could do my take on your topic further down in the calendar. Then they know that we're paying attention to their show, that we're being mindful of their audience. We're not just pitching them something that they just had on two episodes ago, right? Because then obviously we are yeah. not attention and that's something you can quickly check is just go through their podcast and what are the titles of the shows and what kind of topics does that mean and and then that again makes it very personal yes yes that is very important and also um, your perspective could be like a second part of the episode that they already recorded because yeah, you have a different story, a different background. So definitely your episode is going to be totally different. And if that topic is something that their listeners are very interested, then I am sure that they would be more than happy to have you. And also talking about mistakes, what I've seen when I was working with podcasters, it, there are these phrases that basically say nothing but they are just thrown out there like I just have the perfect guess for you or 
I have an amazing suggestion for you. And what I do differently is I love to ask questions. So for example, after introducing the topic and how the topic can help their listeners, I just ask them, like, would you be interested in having my client on your podcast? So it's a question. It's an, yeah, it's not a statement. I don't assume that. I mean, even though my clients are amazing and they do an amazing work, this doesn't mean that they are perfect for that specific podcast because I only have this outside perspective. So yeah, yeah only someone who works with that specific podcaster will know if this is a good fit for them or not. Right, 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 right. And so C is create a system. Um, is that a system for tracking your... your? Yes. Okay. It's so a system. How do you do for- that? I usually start with a Google spreadsheet where I list um, like the name of the podcast, the description, all the details, their Instagram or social media website, because I think it's important to also have a look at their socials and website to have a better understanding of their podcast. And also it's important to see if they have podcast forms because uh, I've seen some of them who will clearly say that if you are going to send a pitch email is going to be deleted. So the only thing that matter is the form on their website. So it's important to check that out. So I start with this Excel spreadsheet. And then once I get a yes, I will move into a project management tool. My favorite is Asana, because then I will have all the reminders that I'm going to need. Like when is the interview to make sure that um, the bio was sent or any other details that they might request. So it's easy for me to keep track of all the, the details. Mm-hmm. That's important. And and so that you don't uh, end up accidentally sending the same inquiry over and over to the same person. Yeah, exactly. Follow up because absolutely as many, many, many podcasters get a lot of in- stuff in their inbox. And it's usually not until the second or third inquiry yes. that they might pay attention or see it. So it's really important to track how often those are when they are. What do you find when when you're doing that and you're following up, how long between emails do you, or reach outs, do you wait? Like what's your process in terms of, say you wanted to get someone on a specific podcast, what's your communication process? So I usually send to follow-up emails like two weeks apart, something like that, 10 to 14 days apart. And then if someone wants to be on a specific podcast, then I will follow up in six months Mm -hmm. and then in a year. Okay. If we're still work together, yes. Okay. So, um, and, and so for me as a podcast host, one of the things that I know is if I get something too far apart, then I don't remember, like I don't tie them together. So what seems to get through to me is if I get an inquiry and then a few days later, two, three days later, I get another one, I'm more likely to tie them together in my brain. And I might from the second one a little more. And then again, you know, maybe a week or two weeks later kind of thing. Um, And I actually, I don't, um, feel plagued or bothered or whatever if I get four or five um 
maybe five, I would start to like it in a row. Um, but mm -hmm. because I often don't see them, don't pay attention, I get a, you know, I have a ton of subscriptions and so forth. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of helps me cut through the noise if I get it again and again. Some people think, oh, I'm being a pest. For me, it's actually very helpful because I don't see it if I just see it once or even twice. So, so to get people on my radar, which I do need guests and so forth, three or four actually makes a difference for me because okay, I yeah. don't see the first two. Um, mm -hmm. All right. And then H has handled the interview. So what is your, your perspective on that? So uh, first of all, we are going to take into consideration the logistical things. I mean, having a good mic, using headphones, because you really want to have that host have a good quality audio. And then I think it's important to be on that recording platform a few minutes earlier to have a little bit of chit chat with the host and make sure that you are on the same page with the interview, because sometimes it's possible for you to schedule the interview three, six months in advance. And then the moment you are going to connect with the host, you can be like, so who am I talking to today? Like, why are we here? So it's important exactly. to, yeah. <laughs> to have the day when, we, when I was thinking that we were just doing the um, pre-interview and we were actually doing this interview, it took me a little while to clue into that. So yes, by all means. Um, and I got to tell you, as a host, frustrates the hell out of me when I, I do a live show, we go live at one o'clock. And if they don't show up till one minute two or at one o'clock, I'm on my phone. Are you coming? I'm concerned about whether or not they're going to show up or do I have to fill in? Um, and we don't have any time for me to check their name and to, you know, to orient them to what's going on and what's going to happen. It's really important to show up at least five minutes before. Now your guest, your host may not show up, but at least five minutes before. And I generally show up 10 minutes before just to, so that we can check audio. Sometimes there's audio program or problems, etc. So don't be a last minuter if you're a podcast guest. So irritating. Um, yeah. Right. And is there anything else in terms of handling the interview you would recommend? In terms of handling the interview, just do whatever is going to make you feel relaxed and also have conversations. You can also ask questions. So don't just feel that you have to expect a question and you need to have an answer ready and then have the other questions. So just have a relaxed conversation. I think this is important. And what I mentioned at the end, make sure that you are allowed to share a freebie because I've seen some podcaster who will tell you that there is no promotion on my show. So yeah. make sure that you are aware of that because anyway, they are going to remove it. Even if you are going to say they are going to edit the episode, yeah. but then it's going to leave them like this bad taste. Yeah. And um, also I think it's very important for you to promote the episode because this also makes you a good podcast uh, guest yeah. because there is a lot of work that goes into an episode so this is yeah I think it's Love part it. of the job to share the the interview 
Yes, absolutely. And, and for me, um, I, what I really, really love is when they share it in advance, because it is a live episode, for some people it's pre-recorded and then goes up at a certain date. So you find out what date, so you can promote it before that date. Um, but I also love the people who do a shout out afterwards, um, who say, yeah. well, just on this podcast and this post was amazing, or it was really great conversation about this. And you can go here to check it out. Um, so I really love those people who do kind of an appreciative shout out afterwards. It's a really um, great win-win because they get more profile. They edify the host and the show, and it really makes them a good guest. The ones that I love the most, and you know, yes, it's very self-serving, and absolutely, your podcast hosts are in in business, so they need support too. Is the ones who provide testimonials, the ones who say, and I've had two people. I've interviewed over probably three hundred people in my career so far. Um, I've had two people offer a testimonial, say, would you like me to provide a testimonial? And then they do a video testimonial right there about what it's like to be a guest on the podcast. Um, and that's very helpful too, because then I can put that information on my, you know, sh on my um, sign up sheet and so forth. So I think yeah. uh, really thinking about how can you help this podcast host win creates a true win-win. And that's a really important aspect of it. And that's one of the reasons why it can be very helpful to have someone help you booking on podcasts, because it's a lot of work. There's a lot of initial work and follow-up and yeah. organizing details. So that's why it's really great to have someone like Nina helping you out with this kind of process. So speaking of which, how can people find out more about you and where you are? So if you are a woman entrepreneur looking to share your message and your story and your expertise, if you are looking to put yourself in front of more listeners, I invite you to check my free checklist that you can find at onelockystar.com slash free checklist. It's called Be the Best Podcast Hall, Podcast Guest. Yeah. And then secret, secrets to maximize your success on podcast interviews. And then you can also find me on Instagram is where I hang out the most, even though for the last month I was off social media because I was elsewhere. I spent a month in Spain, so I just enjoy my time there. Nice. But yes, it was such an amazing experience. And you can find me on Instagram at Nina underscore, and then my last name, M-A-C-A-R-I-E. M-A-C-A-R-I-E. Okay. Yes. And that giveaway uh, site was one lucky star, one O-N-E, luckystar.com slash free checklist. All right. That's right. So you can get that information about how to be a great podcast guest and some of the things that you really want to pay attention to. Um, and again, you can connect with Nina and reach out and find out about her services. Thank you so much for being here. What's one last thing you'd like to leave everyone with about this? So um, if you are thinking that maybe you are not successful enough or maybe you need to wait for the right time until you are going to start the pitching even though you feel that you have this message and you feel that you would like to share what you know with the world mm -hmm. I think that the right 
moment is now. Right. So start small. Maybe you only start with networking events where you share your story and your expertise in those like five, 10 minutes where you share a little bit about you, but that would be a start. And then from there, you can start asking your friends who have a podcast, if you can be a guest, if you can support them and then start being more visible. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Nina, especially when it's, you know, whatever time it is there. Um, and I appreciate you being such a passionate stand for women to be seen and heard, to get their message out there and to really create those win-win relationships. That's an awesome, awesome kind of work to do. So thank you very much. And for those of you that are thinking, yes, I'd like to be seen and heard more, but maybe speaking is a little bit too scary still. Um, being a good podcast guest still requires you to have good speaking skills and to show up and to be dynamic and, and to have a good, clear message of value. But it's a lot less scary for a lot of people than speaking on stage, um, even virtually. So it's a great place to start to really um, provide value and clarify your message and, and start putting yourself out there. So um, take the leap be bold, be brave, be bodacious, uh, because now is your time. If not now, when? So thank you for listening, everybody, and I will see you soon. Be bodacious. Bye for now. Thank you so much, Annette. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, comment, and share. Now go be the difference only you can be.